0: And welcome to the Essential Property Podcast with your hosts Paul Samuda and Amanda Woodward. With 45 years of combined experience in the world of property buying, selling, investing, and developing, they are here to share with you their knowledge in the Stoke-on-Trent, Newcastle-under-Lyme, and Crewe property market. Let's get started. And welcome to another episode of the Essential Property Podcast with your host, me, Amanda Woodward. And today we are taking a deep dive, short episode on safety certificates for HMOs. Now, what you're thinking, Amanda, this is hardly those riveting of subjects. Yes, I understand. But it is one of the most important subjects. So today we are going to go through five key certificates that every HMO needs, plus another bonus certificate i guess at the end which i don't think many landlords have that they need to be aware of so your key five plus one extra before we finish so you have a hmo you need to make sure that hmo is safe for everybody living inside you need to make sure that it complies with the local authorities hmo regulations and that's whether it is licensed or not that's where most landlords slip up they think well i don't have a licensed hmo do I really need to do these things? The answer is yes, you do. Okay. If you speak to local authority, they will want your non-licensed HMO running at the same regulations as your licensed HMO. In our eyes now, there isn't really any different. One needs a license, one doesn't. Both have the same fire and safety regulation. So number one, we all need a gas certificate. You should know that if you're listening to this episode, On over 100 properties of ours, we only have two properties that are electric only. All the rest have gas and every year they need to have their gas safety certificate completed. Please do not get this confused with a service. A service on your boiler is different. It's extra and it's not compulsory. Your gas safety certificate is compulsory. Your service is needed to validate your boiler's warranty. And we would recommend that you do that every year also. Second thing, electrical installation certificate or your five yearly electrical safety certificate. So every five years, we have to ensure that the electrics are safe and they are up to current regulation. If you've just done an installation, you would receive your installation certificate and that's valid for five years. If you're past the five year period, then you need to redo that effectively to make sure that the electrics are still safe. Any changes that need to be done, your electrician can do and then issue you with a new certificate. Okay, so number one, gas. Number two, electrics. And that's the the safety certificates that every property in the UK needs, never mind if it's a HMO. But there are another three certificates that I think a lot of landlords don't bother doing, either because they don't want to pay for it. Or because they don't really know that they're needed but they are needed and they're really really important we make sure that all of our landlords have these certificates up to date and if they don't when they come on board with us we get them scheduled in to make sure they are up to date as quickly as possible so the third one is your fire alarm system or your smoke alarm system now the reason i call them two different names is if you've got a property that's on two stories You've got a smoke detector in every room. You've got a smoke detector in the communal areas. They are interlinked with a battery backup, which is the minimum that's needed. Then you will service that annually. Okay. So our electrical contractor comes in. He puts like a fake smoke into the smoke alarms. We check that they sound. He also ensures that if one sounds, they all sound and they all interlink. And Lee, who does a lot of our servicing, says one of the biggest faults that he finds on our servicing is that each smoke detector is working but they're not always interlinked and you can imagine a fire in room five needs to alert the guests in room one that there's a fire and if they don't room one might not hear the smoke alarm in room five so we have to make sure that they're interlinked so he's testing that they work He's testing that they're interlinking. He's testing that the smoke heads are actually still in date because they do have an expiry date. Some will last five years. The new lithium battery smoke alarms will last for 10 years. But at some point, they would need to be changed also. So he's also checking that. He's checking that they're connected correctly. There isn't any loose wires, etc., etc. So every year, we have the comfort to know that Lee has checked all the smoke alarms, they're all interlinked, they're all working. He issues an annual service certificate for that, meeting the British standard. And then throughout the year, as managing agents, we're then testing the smoke alarms by doing the push-button test on a monthly basis, and we're testing a different one each time just to make sure that they generally work. But what we're not doing is changing batteries and checking wiring and checking interlinking because... Whilst we are competent, we are not qualified to confirm if that's the case. So your third certificate is your smoke alarm certificate. If you have what I call a fire alarm system, your property is on three stories or more. It's a large building. You have a panel-based fire alarm system where you have heads in the room and you have the control panel on the ground floor by the front door. That needs to be serviced every six months. Okay, So six months, Lee and his team will come in or some of the other larger companies that we use for some of the larger buildings. And they will be not just testing whether the smoke alarms react to smoke, but also if they react to heat. They'll often have like a hairdryer type contraption to see if that goes off. They're checking, of course, if they're interlinking through the loop system. They're also checking that the panel is working. Are there any thoughts on the panel? Is the panel identifying that there is fire in the relevant areas where we do the test? Are the sounders loud enough? They're doing decibel testing because it's all great that a fire alarm sounds, but what if it's not to the minimum sound level and actually you can't hear it throughout the building? So they do a more thorough test and that's due every six months. So as a recap, we have our gas certificate. We've got our electrical certificate. Then we have our smoke alarm slash fire alarm certificate. Certificate number four: emergency lighting. If you have a building that the local authority deem or building rigs deem that you need to have emergency lighting on the escape route to safely exit the building, then that needs to be serviced every six months. Also, so an emergency lighting test takes place whereby the electrician will ensure that the emergency lighting, once activates, remains on for three hours. I don't know about you but if I'm in a property and the fire alarm sounds I will be exiting that building very quickly more likely three seconds or three minutes but certainly not three hours but the emergency lighting does need to stand for three hours for it to be valid for a certificate if it doesn't then the lights will need changing and a new certificate being issued and that's done every six months Okay, so that's certificate number four. Certificate number five is your portable appliance testing. So if you have any appliance that is deemed portable, and that means it operates on a plug rather than on something that is hardwired. So a hob is not portable, an oven isn't portable, but a microwave is, a kettle is, a fridge, freezer and a washing machine are. So... We do hear of house fires originating from fridges that kind of blow up or spark if the gases inside. Audible appliances are, are high risk, so they have to be tested and that test takes place annually as well. This gives us a good opportunity to go through the entire property into all the rooms. If there's a lamp next to the bed, that needs testing as an example. So when we have a look at that, if you look at Magpie View as a landlord, you know every year that your boiler is safe. You know every five years that your electrics are safe. Between every six months to a year, you know that your smoke alarms are working, your emergency lighting is working, all of your appliances are safe. That's a great place to be as a landlord, knowing that you're providing good, safe, quality properties for your tenants to sleep in. And sleeping accommodation is the most high-risk type of accommodation. Because when you're doing a fire risk assessment, if you're fire risk assessing a shop, for example... Even if you're fire risk assessing a food location, a restaurant as an example, a takeaway shop, sleeping accommodation is still deemed the highest risk accommodation because you need to alert people to exit a building whilst they are sleeping. It's a lot easier to notice a fire whilst you're awake and run out of the building. It's a lot more difficult to do that when you're asleep. So it is high risk. So certificate number six, or my bonus certificate, I guess, is a fire risk assessment. Now, we've been starting to talk to our landlords about fire risk assessments more and more over the last couple of years. And I'll be honest with you, we got asked for a fire risk assessment for a building about five or six years ago. It was a licensed HMO. And I said, come on, do we really need a fire risk assessment? And I was contacting different companies and they were charging upwards of £500 to provide it. We needed to to provide it to a care company at the time who was taking over our building. And I thought, well, do we really need it? But the reality is, in this day and age, 100% we need it. 100% we need it. So, if you apply for a HMO license with Crew Council, Treasury's Council, and you're one of our landlords, I receive an email from the head of housing that says, Amanda, just to remind you that you are the responsible person for this building. You are responsible to ensure that the people in the property are aware of what to do in the event of a fire. And you are responsible for maintaining a fire safety plan for that building via a fire risk assessment. Okay, though content is exactly the same, we have to have this documentation on file to say that a competent person, a qualified company, has been to the property and assessed all the risks of that building. Have summarised those risks, have shared them with us, so we can then monitor and maintain the safety of that building. Okay, And only a competent or qualified person can analyse what those risks are. So, for example, to have somebody in a building who is disabled, that needs to be on the fire risk assessment. To have somebody in the building that doesn't speak English needs to be on the fire risk assessment. If you have a property that has a bathroom at the back of a kitchen, that needs to be on the fire risk assessment. We need to establish... All the different risks that are associated with that property. And then how do we then monitor those risks and how do we check back in to make sure that we're ensuring that building is safe? Having lots of shoes on the landing of a property is a risk. It's a risk of people running out of that building in the event of a fire, tripping over the shoes and falling down the stairs as an example. So, certificate number six. Now, this is something that we don't have across all of our properties. We just don't, you know, it's something that's relatively new in terms of rolling it out on smaller buildings. So, we're starting to do that. We've done a whole bunch of them already. And we're starting to contact our landlords to say, yes, I know it's another cost. And I know we're trying to, you know, focus on our cash flow, but we have to focus on the safety of the tenants. We've got to make sure that we comply with regulations. So, if you have a fire in that property, whether it was started accidentally or whether it was something that was started by sort of misuse by a tenant. As soon as a landlord is involved in that property, the fire service are saying, okay, where's your certificates? Show me your gas cert, show me your electrical cert. Have you pat tested your appliances? Is it in date? When did you last test your smoke alarms? Why isn't the emergency lighting working? When did you last test your emergency lighting? And who is responsible for this building? And is there a fire risk assessment in place? They're going to be asking questions and pointing fingers. So not to scare you, but just to inform you, which I think is the best place to be. They are the six things that we need to have in place from a safety standpoint to operate a HMO. If you're listening to this and thinking, oh my goodness, I didn't know about that. I haven't got some of these things in place. Well, don't panic. Just contact your agent or contact your local contractors and arrange to book them in they're fairly low cost okay a fire risk assessment sub 500 pounds your gas safety certificate 100 pounds your smoke alarm testing sub 250 pounds so yes they do all add up but across the year to ensure that your property is safe and compliant they are fairly low cost and You should be reaching out to us, as I say, either your agent or your contractors to get them in place AS.P. You then need to present them on the notice board. Your tenants need to be aware that you have these certificates. So the notice board needs to be up to date with that information and you can sleep at night. And I think that's the most important thing. Okay. We love the fact that we own property and that we have tenants in there that are paying our mortgages, that are generating cash flow for us on a monthly basis. The minimum that we can do is ensure that when they're sleeping inside our properties, they're comfortable, they're safe. I hope you found that useful and look forward to sharing more with you on future episodes. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if so, please hit subscribe and share with those who you think would enjoy it too. To get in touch with Paul and Amanda directly, please visit their website, www.association.com property essentialpropertyoptions.co.uk for more information. We look forward to sharing with you on the next episode.